0: Ladies and gentlemen, people of all gender expressions, thank you for checking out the North Bank Media Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Strevens. And it's that time again. I've clicked over into a new set of digits. We're on episode number 51. And as is tradition, I'm doing a solo episode to, uh, you know, work out some ideas. I just want to take a quick minute to say that uh, you may remember on January 28th I went out and did a mooncast uh, out in the River Valley with my good friend Devin Bailey. Um, that was the um, the anniversary, the 10 year anniversary of the passing of our friend uh, Jeff Schoneski. Uh, today is July 28th, so seven months later, and this is actually would have been his birthday, his uh, 32nd birthday, I suppose. So I just want to take a minute and dedicate this episode to him, um, ironically because I'm now about to ramble for half an hour or more about some ideas that are pretty half baked and uh he didn't have a ton of patience for that um i remember him once saying just take a minute before you talk because sometimes you sound real baked um i'm not baked i don't do that anymore but uh uh he was a good he was my best friend and uh being out in the river valley all year round uh is where i can connect with him uh even though he's in some sense is long gone Uh, but at the same time he, he he is down here and you know, I thought about this a lot uh, back a couple winters ago. Um, it's interesting how a space and a ritual, you know, you're in a place doing the things you used to do with somebody, um, but they're not there. But in a sense, they are. And maybe that's an idea I can expand upon uh, in a later episode, but um, I wanted to dedicate this episode to the memory of my friend, Jeff Shinesky. Um, I'm gonna do my best to work out an idea here that's something like uh, building on the um, you know, building on what I talked about in a previous episode about this idea of living in God. Now, what that means to me is a striving for the ideal. you know, i'm not I'm not saying I'm not talking about God as a creator. I'm talking about God as the highest good that you can conceive of and the process of expressing yourself as purely as possible and striving for those ideals or that ideal proper um that to me is something like living in god that's living in the presence of the lord um I, i'm not sure how how useful any of this is to anybody but uh, you know if you're if you're looking for some sense of clarity or some sense of self or a a why and a how to live your life as i was uh, this is this is sort of the method that i undertook so um, with that said, I'm going to try and lay out some ideas here. I really appreciate anybody who's listening. Again, the invitation to be a guest on this show uh, or to contribute in any way is, is, is open. Please, you can get in touch with me, uh, North Bank Media Podcast. We're now on Instagram. I um, should say we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcast. You know, Leave a YouTube comment. Hit me up on Instagram. Uh, you can email Patrick at Northbank Media. Uh, any support or any listening to this podcast is appreciated. It's a uh, i've said before you know it's not for the audience and in some senses that's true but uh, as as you might find out as i go along with these ideas the the idea of a collective a group a tribe rallying around some sense of of an ideal or an idea is um, maybe very important more important than i realized you know i find it really interesting when ideas present themselves to me um, when the same idea sort of presents itself to me in multiple ways so and that always piques my interest so uh that happened over the last month or two and i um wanted to start there i think it's not where i'm going to finish necessarily but um i think it'll be a good jumping off point this is the idea of of collectivism versus individualism now i'm sure there's um you know sociological anthropological um you know descriptions of collectivism and i'm probably going to run roughshod all over them and just come up with my own ideas. Um, So maybe collectivism isn't even the right word, but it's something like the group versus the individual. Now, if you've, you know, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that I'm pretty in favor of um, personal responsibility and of putting the onus um, for really anything onto the individual. You know, I think a lot of the ills in society, a lot of the problems that we see um, day to day are, are those problems that occur within the individual at first and then sort of I don't know, metastasize or or sort of, you know, I guess play out um, at scale or uh, within the aggregate, you know, across society uh, in trends, if you know what I mean. I I think you may say there are structural issues, personal issues. I think there's, sorry, you may see there's structural issues, there's systemic issues. I think that's all true, but I think on some level they start um, at the level of the individual. So this idea of a collective, it first occurred to me, you know we've all heard the, the the cliche if you want to go far uh go together if you want to go fast, go alone um and so I've been thinking, you know I've definitely been going fast in some ways and doing a lot of personal work and fucking eaten by red ants here. Oh, I picked a great spot. <laughs> hey, we're live on the north bank of the river though that's what it's all about, folks <laughs> you know I've done a lot of personal work um but i haven't done a lot of work as far as you know building a team or or building any kind of collective or tribe around me you know i'm not a natural born leader i don't think um and so it's fascinating to me to think well i've done all this work individually personally uh you know especially during the pandemic uh, but not so much as far as um building any kind of collective or 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 am i doing enough to to reach out to my friends to my to my colleagues to my family i'm not sure you know, in some ways, I'm a very self-centered, uh, self-indulgent, self-involved person. Uh, you know, but I was at a I was at a Amway meeting, and I wasn't buying. I was actually shooting video, shooting video. <laughs> and I, I don't know anything about Amway, World Financial Group. Um, the people there were very nice to me. They treated me well. They paid fairly, and that's all I have to say about that. But it occurred to me in listening to them talk for 12 hours that. Um, that's very much a collectivist sort of a setup right it's it's very much a um in the in the model of almost like a church you know where there's there's leaders and then there's tiers of leaders and then there's sort of the the pawns or the peons or the the people on the up and coming who sort of contribute to the to the wealth and to the cash and the status of, of the of the leaders you know and uh, a lot of those people seem very satisfied i mean a lot of them were, were uh, ruined by debt by addiction by addiction and a lot of that um what goes into world financial group or amway is a a lifestyle change you know it's not just about the money or the product it's uh, it's about a way of life and so that that's a collective that rallies around a way of life and it kind of hit me then it was like well it's easy for me to sit here and judge uh, if i if i want to but also it's like what have i done to uplift others what have i done to build a collective to give people something to rally around you know i don't know that i really have done any of that um you know, I have to be quite honest in saying that my upbringing was very privileged. My parents um, made it so that, you know, I was debt free, you know, and that I could uh, I had a free ride through university and uh, w- then stumbled into a good job and, and and a good career that I've pursued. But I, I did so because I really had very little um, debt and very little um, really nothing but opportunity and support and a safety net to do that. Um, the reason I bring that up is because that that set me out you know I felt as though in some ways I was the individual I did this for myself there was no collective that uplifted me you know beyond my parents um, so I realized that's a sort of a selfish and self-centered way to look at it but I've been made no bones about that being kind of my the way I am so then over the years to develop this philosophy or, or, or to at least believe in a philosophy of personal responsibility um, I think that's that's part and parcel of being sort of an individualist, uh, you know, I'm not a renegade or a rogue or a rebel, but just someone who sort of uh, does their best to stand on their own. And I mean, my job description as a freelancer is is very much tied to that. It's like I show up, um, you know, I show up uh, on a job site for a small amount of time. I become a part of the team just briefly or not even. And I just I'm in and I'm out. you know I come in to help like a hired gun almost so and I, I do I do like that but then I think well really if I wanted to uplift myself I, if I really wanted to make something of myself I think I have to rally around a collective I have to be a part of a real team a team that's cohesive and pulls together for the long run and um you know so it was with that in mind I then uh I sat down with my friend Faisal Faisal Jan Mohammed on an earlier episode of this podcast and um you know he, he he's a pretty liberal guy progressive thinker I mean he he I guess he's he's a member of what he calls or, or he would consider to be the scumbag left right so that's you know you, you see that liberal compassion that progressive ideal but you also see a lot of disdain for um, other schools of thought so I, I which I have no problem with I mean I think a lot of it is disdainful all, all of what goes on in this life. Much of it is disdainful. I have no problem with disdain. <laughs> but, but, but he, he was a big, a big proponent of this idea of the collective. And you know, he said to me, he was like, well, the, the ills of the individual are solved by the collective. And I thought, shit, that's exactly the opposite of what I thought. And yet I could agree. <laughs> you know, It's like, I mean, and I suppose too, that's part of why this podcast started. It was like an individual problem. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about or what I'm thinking. So I figured I'd ask some other people you know, uh, and that, in that way we could, we could come up with something that maybe made sense, uh, and maybe solve some problems, mine or otherwise. Just watching these ducks go across the water, man. Beautiful day out here. Wednesday night, July 28th, kind of a hazy sunset. I'd say take a moment, just appreciate being alive, honestly, like you know, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you. But, uh, you know, really just take a moment to just appreciate being alive, you know, because it is finite and, uh, it won't be forever. And the baby ducks are going on the mother ducks back. How's that for collective? (laughs) So what Faisal was talking about the, the problems of the individual being solved by the collective. I mean, that's, that's fundamentally a pretty liberal, I would say idea, you know, um, it, it requires the flow of information. It, re- it requires the gathering of people, uh, across different class, race, any, any identarian lines need to be crossed in order to form a, a collective that, that would properly uplift people, I think. And, and then in a later, in a later episode of the podcast that will come out after this one, I spoke with Dr. Arsh Kyra and, uh, you know, he, he was a very liberal guy too. I mean, he he even made some allusions to being so, somewhat Marxist. So did I, but that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> if you're listening to that, I, I jokingly said I'm becoming Marxist through doing this podcast. But I think that's an allusion uh, to um, to what I'm talking about here. Is I'm I'm gradually realizing the need for a collective. Um, you know, the way in which uh, people, if if any one person wished to be uplifted or or to improve upon themselves, it may it may require a group, you know, they, that, that old cliche. And, you know, I go back to cliches, but, you know, they, they, they hang in for a reason. It's like that old cliche that it takes a, a village to raise a child. Well, maybe, maybe it takes a collective to, to, to raise up a person. I, I, I'm totally open to that. Um, you know, so when that idea struck me, it was like, damn, it, it requires deep introspection to, 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 I guess, to say, well, the, the way I've been thinking has got me to where I am. And, I'm not necessarily where I want to be, so I have to entertain some some opposing ideas. So that's about as far as I've gotten with that. I'm definitely going to start talking to to guests about that idea of the, of the collective and, and could the problems of the individual in fact be solved by the collective, uh, in some senses or in some ways. I'm not sure. But when we talk about uh, when I talk about at least this personal work that I've done during the pandemic, you know that that's the work of an individual is, is on the self, right? Maybe maybe in some ways, given what I just said, maybe the only work that an individual can do is on the self. Um, And so, you know, that's been a big part of the last 18 months for me, you know, discipline, scheduling, uh, nutrition, sleep, regimenting my life, you know, making good choices, ultimately maintaining my energy, not giving my energy away, uh, working on some addictions, you know, being there for the people that, that need me. And there you go. You know, that's, that's ultimately where, where, where I think it gets you is you, you work on yourself as best you can. And then maybe you can reach out and be a support to one other person, two other people. And, and in, 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 in a certain amount of time, then you could build a collective, right? I think that's the idea, but I wasn't doing it with that. I was really doing it because I would go insane. I would go crazy. Uh, you know, I always functioned well during the school year, the hockey season, uh, really that's it the university season when I had structure when I had goals to check off and then you go into a life of you go into a life of uh relative freedom I mean it's right in the name freelancing right and uh and suddenly you know you're responsible for for putting the putting the blinders on yourself when necessary for, for keeping yourself on track when necessary so i i really the mantra i've been using is routinize and scrutinize you know routinize and scrutinize and you can feel free to use that i'm not sure why you would but you sure can you know get yourself into a routine and then to constantly be asking yourself you know am i improving is this the right routine and, and checking in with yourself on a on an hour to hour minute to minute surely day to day basis now routinize and scrutinize that's uh Boy, that's that's really made the difference for me, and I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. Um, you know, somewhat selfishly and naively, in in the months leading up to the pandemic, I'm talking, you know, December, January, February, 2020. Um, I was I was searching for a why, and uh, you know, I was in the process of revamping my business. That's North Bank Media. You know, branding myself, and um, that that's that was kind of what concerned me. And it's it's funny that I was really starting to delve into that. And then when things shifted, I kind of got away with it or got away from it. And then in some ways rediscovered it, um, in another way. And I I hope to touch on all that. And I hope it's, I hope people will find it interesting. You know, a friend of mine, uh, he said, he's looking for some clarity in his life. And I, I'm really trying to get away from preaching to people. You know, I'm really trying to get away from, from giving unsolicited advice or bad advice, uh, or, you know, just advice that that's, you know, Uh, really any advice is bad advice I think in some ways because you're just coming from your your point of view and it doesn't apply to another person's but I suppose the best I could say is if you are looking for some sense of self or or routine or or clarity or or self-improvement um then uh, this is this is at least what I did maybe it's worth worth thinking about um at least it's I'm going to think about it now verbally um and if if it's of any use to anybody I think that'd be the best I could hope for so like I said I was searching for a why and that's a pretty big question obviously Um, but you need a why I think especially when when I'm talking specifically about uh, starting a brand starting a business starting a video production or a media company and there's that word company that's a collective ultimately I I knew even then that it needed to be a collective but it started with me and so I I spoke with uh, my or a, a gentleman that I was privilege to know i haven't talked to him lately luke bouchard he was on an uh, early episode of this podcast um i should actually get him back on the show and see how he's doing hell of a guy luke bouchard um but you know he he always told me if you think you have something to offer the world then get your head out of your ass and offer it you know and what that what that meant to me is that um you know it's very easy to get bogged down in in your in your in what in yourself right and i've said i'm self-indulgent you know, self-defeating, self-repressed, self-oppressed, whatever you want to say. There's a million reasons not to put yourself out there. But the thing is, everybody has something to offer. And Luke, Luke taught me that I have something to offer and that I need to go about offering it to people because I can help. I can make a difference. So I need to do that. I mean, so then I, I'm searching for a why. It's like, well, why, 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 why would I do something like that? And to me, that's it. It's like, you can help. You can provide value. You can you can build a collective. You can help people achieve their goals. You have something that nobody else has. You're you. And so when I was searching for that why, it, it occurred to me that the why, why would I do that? It's because there's really nothing else that you can do, right? Because if you don't do that, if you don't express yourself, well, what are you doing? Right, like you're not you're not living in some sense if you're if you're not making your mark on the world. And again, I, I'm st- I'm going to start making assertions and 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 prioritizing things. And I think at some sense at some point you have to. You know, I like to speak broadly, but I, I would have to put my foot down on that and say, you know, it's it's incumbent upon a person to give what they can and to express themselves. And the truer that that expression is, the purer it is, the closer to the heart that it is, uh, the most like you that it is, the most uniquely personal it is, the more effective it is okay the more pure that expression of yourself is the more effective it is the more it resonates you know i think about that that quote from uh jazz pianist chick korea and uh hey mike fee and if you're listening do you remember the chick korea concert because i sure don't but we were there man (laughs) we were there dude um he said be yourself chick korea said be yourself because the more like yourself you are the more money you make so what does that mean What does that mean? It's not about the money necessarily, is it? No, it it means that the more like yourself you are, the more value you have to offer, the more of a niche you can hone and and, and craft for yourself, the more, the deeper you can go, the more you can give, the more you can give, and the more you can get back, the more value you can can provide, because you went and did something that nobody else can do. And, you know, I, I don't want to take the discussion too far away from where I'm at, but this idea of intersectionality, you know, where um, and I heard Jordan Peterson say the the true, you know, the true intersectional uh, being is the individual. And I, I've I've said that to a few people who are who are progressive thinkers, and, and they, I think, would have to agree. It's like you can keep slicing up the intersection until you come up with the individual. And, and I think that's what that's what this is talking about. It's like you have to give all of yourself and find exactly who you are, and then you can receive back the most value by giving the most uh unique and the most sort of um needed really the most the most you know there's nothing like you so you have to give yourself to the world because the world doesn't have you if you don't give yourself to the world okay have i made the point yet (laughs) so you know as much as i talk about um the path of least resistance to the self or how we do one thing is how we do all things or the, the way that like the way what we do what we choose to do whatever flows naturally i mean that's a pretty pure expression you know as much as i talk about that that really doesn't mean i know what i'm talking about i'm just working on ideas here i have to i have to be honest about that um i don't have i don't have any insight uh, about this beyond uh my experience So I would advocate at least, or what I've tried to do, is do what comes naturally. You know, let flow what flows. You know, so when I was starting a brand... or or a business I mean that's what that's what I was initially supposed to do Um, when you do that you're actually you're really starting a process of introspection and self-actualization whether you realize it or not you know if you're trying to make a personal brand or start a company that's based on your values you're actually doing a process of self-discovery you know you have to know what your values are before you build a company around it you know before you start going out into the world and telling people this is what's important how do you know what's important right if you don't know what's important to you um and so, you know, it's it's thoughts like this is why I was so, 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 I guess, far removed from the idea of the collective when, to me, the collective stems from the individual. But it could be that they're mutually exclusive or, or hydraulic in the sense that they sort of flow and transfer back and forth. So, um, as I was searching for this why, I, I will say that at this point, I, you know, I took a pretty heavy dose of marijuana and, uh <laughs> i'll be honest you know marijuana is something that i would say damn near ruined my life uh in some ways or it was a part of a set of habits that i was allowing to, to to damn near ruin my life um it's been over a year since i've smoked marijuana um it's it's been the better part of a year since i've touched it at all um but i would say that this what kind of what followed in my search for why was maybe my my last great weed fueled creative um expression so um the question then, as I said, became, well, why am I? And this is what I landed on. I landed on the idea of time and in some sense space, but time and space. Okay. Time is infinite for for the purposes of this thought experiment. Time is infinite, but the amount of time that I am conscious or alive is finite. Okay. Remember that old Acts or that old saw about what what would an infinite all-knowing all-seeing god desire what would an infinite god desire to be finite and that's what it is to be human i exist because i won't exist eventually and i didn't exist before i'm fleeting i'm intransient. i'm impermanent i exist because in the infinite river i am Within the infinite flow of time, a small slice of time exists within me, or I exist within it. So, with that in mind, I, I reason that time is the number one resource. And I wrote on my whiteboard, well, what the f- are you going to do with your time, son? What are you going to do with your time? You know, so if time is the be-all and end-all, and it is in this case... It is then the basic structure or the basic principle that structures this self-exploration. Okay, so time is sort of the absolute here. And I use time as the sort of scheduling or structuring principle. So if time is infinite and I'm not, I reason that I have to leverage that time into tangible results. Okay, I've been given the purest, I've been given a piece of the most purest, infinite thing, time. And if I want anything out of this life, I have to use that time. I have to put that time in. Now, this, this to me is akin to how, how man, woman, anybody, doesn't matter your, your gender or gender expression, how anybody, any person shapes their reality through time. Whatever it is to you is what it is. Whatever it is, and I mean it, I mean like existence, being, the am, whatever that is to you, that's what it is. You have to remember that, or I should say, you don't have to do anything. This is how I think, (laughs) right? Uh, Reality is shaped by you. Any sort of um, metaphysical truth handed down from on high or from above, unlikely. Whatever you, whatever it is, however you perceive it, however you shape it. That's what it is. Now, I understand obviously I'm making some assertions about what to prioritize and what to value, but you know, I think at some point you really have to. I think as as little as I've as much wishy-washiness as I've done on this podcast and as much or as little as I've stood on anything, uh, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I an objective rational truth coming down from outside the human consciousness I think is unlikely. I would love to be proven wrong. But I'm operating as if it weren't the case. So in 2013, um, I was finishing up my studies at the University of Alberta, and uh, you know, the professor and most of the other kids in the in the class read Sartre and Heidegger and Nietzsche, and I I don't know if I could even be bothered. I, I tried Kierkegaard. It just I wasn't a great student, but we ended the course, and this was the genius of this woman, Professor Morin. I think she was Swiss. I can still hear her voice. I can still hear her voice coming out of my mouth, drunk, walking home from the bus stop at like 1 in the morning. I'm not going to do it now. (laughs) I have too much much respect for her and not enough for myself, I guess. But she ended the course on the French writer Albert Camus, and I know I've talked about him on this podcast before, And she she introduced me to his theory of the absurd. You know, Camus talked about philosophical suicide. And I talked about it last time on the podcast. And I I am in danger of it here, uh, again, to suppose a totalizing meaning of life. So I really have to be careful here. I'm not doing that. Again, whatever it is for me is what it is for me. And I, I cannot impose that on anybody. Philosophical suicide for Camus was to oppose a rational, metaphysical truth outside of the human consciousness, to suppose that there was a rational meaning for life, a totalizing view of life. But that's not the difference. I'm deciding how to live my life, period. And so for Camus, there was three things that came from this. This feeling of the absurd, okay? Okay. There was three things that stemmed from the absurd. Now, the, the the absurd here is the idea that, okay, if we accept that there is no totalizing, rational view of life, then life is absurd. And when we realize that our mind, suppose there was a totalizing, rational meaning of life, suppose there was, our mind could never perceive it. This search for, for meaning in a chaotic universe leads to the feeling of the absurd and it can sometimes smack us right square in the face so three things stem from that first revolt okay so if there is no total rational meaning of life if life is meaningless ultimately beyond whatever meaning i put on it we have to ask ourselves well then is life worth living now for camus he says famously in the opening lines of his book the myth of sisyphus The only philosophical question is suicide. So if life is meaningless, is it worth living? To revolt or to commit the ultimate revolutionary act is to live, is to decide that life is worth living. Following this revolution, this revolt, this act of, of revolt comes your freedom. No one can impose meaning on me. I impose all meaning on myself. And following that, passion. If I decide that life is worth living, and if I decide what life means to me, what follows then has to be passion. I must live every moment to the fullest. So what I'm actually thinking of doing is getting a plaque on my wall. You know, sometimes you go to go to people's houses and they have a you know a little wooden plaque up by the door or over the fireplace that says live, laugh, love or this house is full of fuck, I'm getting bitten by red ants here. Christ's sakes. <laughs> Or they have one of those little wooden plaques that says, you know, this house, is, uh, this house is full of two alcoholics who drink a lot of wine and hang out with their dogs or whatever. I'm not judging. Sometimes I wish I had a dog. But I'm going to get a plaque that says Revolt, Freedom, Passion. And then, and then instead of like a French bulldog drinking wine, it's like uh, it's Sisyphus rolling his rock up the hill. So, so when I think about that in terms of what I've been thinking about, (laughs) you know, jamming some thoughts together in my head, I start to, I start to notice a binary here. You know, there's, there's this feeling of, of, uh, of the absurd, right? There's the infinite chaotic universe. And then there's the very limited, uh, the very ordered or the very order seeking human mind. There's the infinite versus the finite. And so I think what comes out of a lot of this is, this, uh, is, this, um, is this, this, this existential dread, this horror in some sense of we have to decide what life means to us and we have to compete with the fact that it, life doesn't, li- doesn't last forever. But I think one way that, that humans do that obviously is, is through media and through, through uh, well, memory for sure, but through media, right? Recording just like this, film, photography sculptures painting something that something where we can take a piece of what we are what what's important to us and push it into infinity freeze it and leave it forever now this started with me trying to found a, a brand trying to, trying to start a company to i wanted to help people really I wanted to get paid. I wanted to do what I love. I never wanted to work a 9 to 5 again. I mean, those were those were kind of the concrete goals. You know, so I reasoned that I reasoned ultimately that I needed to set goals. You know, it became clear that like you don't get to the top of the mountain in one step, obviously. Um and so what I what I guess I would say is if you're looking for any sense of clarity or sense of self, what worked for me was was setting goals first and foremost. And uh, you know, what there's a lot that goes into well what goals should I set or what's important I can't profess to tell you that but I guess I would just remind you that remember um, life is short you should live every moment to the fullest as much as possible you're deciding that life means something to you so then pursue what it is that, that that contributes to that meaning you you haven't killed yourself So clearly you're deciding that life is worth living. Well, what do you want to do with that life? Think about it, think about it. I think it's in there. I think it's in everybody. You know, goal setting is all fine and good, but again, if if we're thinking about this temporal structure that I was talking about before, um, the fact that I exist within this piece of time, um, I think that goal setting is important, but goals exist in the future. And goals are are very much static in some sense. They're a static conceptualization, meaning it's a place in the future that I go and I check the box, I turn the switch, I owe. Did I do it? Yes, no, on, off, right? And they're very necessary. You need those small achievable sets, steps. You need those small achievable steps. But if we're only projecting into the future, then we're fucked, right? We can't just blast off into outer space in a dick-shaped rocket without knowing how we got to the launch pad. With all due respect to Jeff Bezos. Think about this. If you're deciding that life means something, if you're deciding to live, and we're understanding that time is, is what you've been given to live with, then you can exist within that time however you want. You can see yourself in that time however you want. Okay, and time exists in, in multiple planes, right? We know that because we can set goals. We know that because we know that because we're gonna die, right? We know that because I have to do something tomorrow. We know that I have to eventually get married. Eventually I have to buy a house. Eventually I'm gonna to have to buy a new car, I'm gonna to have to buy a new camera, eventually I'm gonna to have to talk to my friend about that thing that I've been meaning to tell them for years right we know that the future is coming and we live like the future is coming but equally so so too does the past and we can get hung up on the past just as easy so think about that we in some sense exist on multiple planes of time you know maybe you might say well physically i'm only ever in the present it's like okay but think how much you spend thinking about, think how much time you spend thinking about where you're going to be tomorrow. Where am I going to be tomorrow? Where am I going to be that's not here? Why did I do that yesterday? Why did I do that last year? Why did I do that when I was a kid? You know, you, you couldn't talk about physical presence, but if your mind is projecting or casting back into the past or projecting forward into the future, you tell me where you are. Tell me where you are when you're dreaming. so what i what i reasoned was like okay goals are great but goals are static goals are like steps but what's a long line of steps how do i how do i take these steps well what i what i began to think was i needed a process okay so i've 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 settled on a why i've settled on a why i asked myself why i asked myself why am i and i i, I landed on the fact that okay i am only because i have been i've also not been I will be, and I also will not be. Meaning, I am a finite popcorn kernel that just came, and I'll go. That's why I exist. Because in the infinite stretches of time, I got a little slice of it just for me. So what... But in that slice of time, it's not just the present. Like I said, like I've been saying, there's the future. There's the past. And there's... there's. Within there, there's, there's layers and levels to the future. Ten years, one year, one second. Right? It's a process. It's a process that unites us across time. The process of being. Okay, so at this point, I sort of modulated away from the how. Excuse me. from, that, from At this point, I, mo- <laughs> I modulated away from the why into the how. How am I? How am I? should i be and i don't like the word should so if i if the question first was why am i the question is now how am i what is the process so you know goals like i've been saying exist in the future and i conceive of them in the present but but the how how do i get from here to the present well that's guided by a process You know, all, all, again, I have, to, I have to ground it here so that people don't completely lose me if, I haven't, if they haven't already. All this started with me ultimately searching for meaning and a reason to be. Where do I fit in this crazy chaotic world? Okay, fine, the world is chaos. I'm responsible for ordering it as best I can. So I need a way to live. I, don't, I, I can think of things to do, but I need a way to do them. I need a way to live. And it's funny, but I think about this lyric uh, from Steve Winwood and Eric Clapton when they were together in in a group called Blind Faith. And he says, I have finally found a way to live, just like I never could before. I have finally found a way to live in the presence of the Lord. Now, what this really makes me think about is what I spoke about in a previous episode, this idea of living in God, right? And that's the purest expression of myself that I can manage. And you know you know when you're expressing yourself properly and you know when you're not, right? When you're not, your mood suffers, the people around you suffer, you aren't setting goals, you're certainly not reaching goals, your discipline falls away, bad choices happen, you're not taking care of yourself. But when you are living in God, when you are in the presence of the Lord, and I don't mean this in a religious sense, but I mean this in that you're actively searching for the highest ideal that you can imagine and you're striving towards it. So this is this ultimately what this is is a, is a process of me delving into what God might be, and I didn't, I didn't realize it initially, but when I when I when I you know ironically when I got to that that song lyric, and then I thought of the Van Morrison lyric, "When will I ever learn to live in God?" And then the way to live is in the presence of the Lord. Well, it all started to make sense. This is ultimately starting a brand, starting a company, doing any form of pure expression is delving into what god means to you it's incumbent upon you okay i'm i'm assuming this is true it's incumbent upon you to express yourself on the world in some way or another it's also incumbent on you to realize that time is limited for you you have to make meaning you have to do with your time what you will and you should probably hate that word should you have to do what you will with your time and you need to use that time to express yourself upon the world to make a statement and to maybe maybe that little piece of you, that finite piece of you, could possibly reach infinity. That's what striving for God is. I need to be careful here that I don't run afoul of of the idea of shirk. That's a, an Islamic concept. I, I don't pretend to know it, really anything about Islam. Um, it's something that my friend Devin Bailey had mentioned to me in passing. We're both sort of leery of saying anything about it that we because we don't know. But as I understand it, it's this idea of worshipping a false god. But I'm not talking about being God or worshipping a God. I'm not saying time is God. I'm not saying I'm God. I'm saying that I can live in God. I can strive to be with God and within God and have God within me. When I strive to express myself as purely as possible. And to understand myself as purely as possible. Now, there's, there's levels to this process, right? This, this this process is an ongoing, potentially infinite thing that, that may just run through me and then continue running through somebody else. It's dictated by time again, right? In the present, we be. The grammar is right there. In the present, we be. We exist. We just are, right? You perceive this tiny little slice of infinite time. Okay, big deal. I think we've made our point. But also in the present is where first order presences exist. F- also in the present is where first order processes exist. I mean being. The process begins in the present and extends out from here. Myself. It exists here. And how I be myself exists here. Okay? I be in the present, but also I be myself in the present, meaning, self-care routine basic needs desires thoughts feelings stimuli blood guts flesh hormones i be and i self in the future okay we're finally i don't i've got written here okay good we're finally getting to something that makes sense i don't know if that's true i don't know if any of this makes sense but i hope i hope i hope maybe in some ways it's it's making sense to somebody now Within the present tense, I can project forward by setting goals. Now, we know that. We know that. We know that. We've been saying that. But I can also exist in the past. Okay? We spent a lot of time talking about the present. I think I need to hammer this home again. In the present, in the present is where we be. Okay? The process originates in the presence. How to be begins there and extends forward into the future and back into the past. Within the present tense, I project forward by setting goals. I can also exist in the past. How? Journaling. Okay, I need to pause here and say something about journaling. If there is one thing in my life that I have done that has improved things remarkably, that has improved things without question, it is journaling. Okay, In September of 2018, I started keeping a journal. One page per day. That's all it needs to be. It may only be a few hundred words a day. Just write about what the day was. And track the metrics. How was the weather? How did you sleep? How did you eat? Did you work out? Who did you see? Did you have a meaningful conversation or not? Did somebody cut you off and you really lost your goddamn mind? Did somebody make kind of a underhanded, uh, passive-aggressive comment that really cheesed you off? Did you have a nice interaction with somebody out in public? Did you feel some sexual attraction to somebody? Did you have a nice home-cooked meal with your parents? Write about it. Why wouldn't you want to remember that? But not only do you get to make sense of your day, you then have the benefit of being able to read about that day again forever. Now, to some people that might sound like hell, and that is fair. But I'm telling you, if you journal for 60 days, one page per day, I don't know when it is, before you go to bed at night, when you wake up in the morning, at your lunch break, whatever whatever works for you. I like to do it in the morning. Write about what happened the day before. Now, you may say, well, wouldn't it make more sense to write about the day at the end of the day after you, yes, possibly, although I think there's something to be said for sleeping on the day and then summing it up later, although there's lenses that you put on it either way. Do that for 60 days. Okay, and then go back and read your life like a book. And I guarantee you, you will weep. Or at least you will want to change. Or maybe you'll feel really great and have a good sense of, of where you are. I, ho- I hope for all of those for you. To me, journaling is really the the past participle of goal setting. You know, we all know about the weather forecast. We all we all check the weather forecast. But lesser known and kind of more for aviation is the weather report. Well, How was the weather yesterday? Now if you knew how the weather was for a year leading up to today and you could read the forecast for the next two weeks you might be able to then project the next two weeks, the next two weeks, the next two weeks because you had the report from last year. What I'm trying to get at here is that if the universe is ultimately chaotic and our mind seeks to order it and time is all we've got to structure this sense of order you need to create a f- some form of temporal stability you need to exist across multiple planes of time <laughs> equally okay and that's what journaling and goal setting allow you to do now If you're looking for some kind of clarity, some kind of sense of self or direction, this is as much advice as I could ever give anybody. Create temporal stability. Set goals and decide where you want to be in the future. Where do you want to be tomorrow? Where do you want to be at the end of the month? Where do you want to be in one year? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be uh, when you're on your deathbed? What do you want to have accomplished with your life? Similarly, Once you've done anything, record it. And then be very, very honest because the numbers don't lie. Are you sleeping enough? Are you drinking enough water? Are you getting out? Are you getting out too much? You know, are you spending too much money? Are you not spending enough money? Are you spending money on the wrong things? Are you hanging out with the wrong people? Are you drinking too much? Are you drinking too much? Are you smoking too much weed? Are you smoking too much crack? All possible. All possible. Are you eating too much soybean oil? How's your acne? How's your skin? How's your toenails? How's your fingernails? I'm, I'm really serious about this. Plenty of people, I, I, I don't mean to to be to pass a moral judgment, but if ever anybody says to me, well, I, uh, they have some, some struggle or some personal problem, I could only ever advocate keeping a journal. But it's like, well, how long has the struggle been going on? Has it been going on for a day, a year, a week, a month? And what's the problem? Is it getting better? Are you even trying? Do you know what the problem is? And then your goal setting can stem from there. It's like, well, you know what? I journaled for 60 days and I found out that I was drinking every other day and jerking off. And then I would get tired after dinner and make nothing of the evening, mentioning no names, you know? Well, then then, then it becomes very obvious. It's like, well, shit, I'm doing things that are really cratering my energy and cratering my digestive system. And whatever goes into your body, that's your fuel. And if you're fueling yourself with with You know, I could go on. It doesn't really matter. You know what I'm getting at. What then comes from this temporal stability is a rate of productivity. I'm sure you know the metric I'm going to use for productivity involves time. It's growth over time. How many goals did you achieve this year? How many workouts? How many days of adequate hydration? How many pages written? How many pages read? How many meaningful conversations? How many things were you grateful for? And were you doing any more or less of those now than you were 60 days ago? When you can track that progress and that productivity. Again, when, when I sat out or set out I'm sitting out by the river and when I set out to start a company or a brand or to, or to undertake this 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 process of self-discovery and, and and find out what is important to me in this in this insane world this is what comes to mind. Once you realize how little you're truly doing then you can realize how much you could actually do and that's the power of time. There's no way to get a better sense of yourself than to see yourself across time. And so Any task, any goal, you know, it's there by us. It's a small static building block, but it's also part of a necessary, necessary, ongoing continuation of who you are shaping your reality. Anyway, these are just the ramblings of a mental man, as Ricky Gervais once said, (laughs) describing Carl Pilkington's movie pitch. Um, but I, I do appreciate anyone that's listening to this to these episodes. Uh, I've got some real exciting episodes coming up, I think. Um, as I said, uh, Dr. Arsh Kyra was a great guest. That episode will be out right away. Um, Talked to a few people that are running in Edmonton's upcoming fall election. Uh, i got Sam Reed coming on to talk some more filmmaking. Um, we're going to talk about Bo Burnham's uh, comedy special, Inside, which is a, a, a triumph, in my mind, uh, as a creative and as a video person. Uh, definitely worth checking out on Netflix. Um, So I hope everyone's having a great summer. North Bank Media Podcast is still endeavoring to get to 100 episodes by the end of the calendar year. So we've got our work cut out for us. Uh, If you or anyone you know would like to be a guest on a podcast, uh, this is the opportunity. So please get in touch with me uh, on Instagram, North Bank Media Podcast. Uh, Drop a YouTube comment. Uh, You can email me patrick at northbankmedia.com. I would love to hear from you. Anyway, hope you're having a, a great summer. Hope you're taking time to find that temporal stability, past, present, and future. And uh, all the best. Thank you for listening. Onward.